The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Oh my God, the 2021 Saints injury apocalypse is upon us, and there is only one thing that can help you get through it. That is the Saints Happy Hour Survival Mug. That's right. It makes any alcohol you pour in it to help you survive the Saints injury apocalypse taste 75% better. It's science. How do you get the Saints season survival mug? You become a Saints Happy Hour annual subscriber. You get the mug for free and you get two months off. You get access to this podcast every day. You get access to our Discord channel, which we talk Saints 24-7. It's amazing. You should do it. Get the Saints happy hour survival mug to help you through the rest of the 2021 Saints season and you're gonna need it for the off season you're gonna need it for the draft so do it go to saintshappyhour.com and sign up today ralph malbro here from saints happy hour you need to join us every wednesday night at 9 p.m on the spotify green room app we are talking saints or anything new orleans sports related on spotify green room you can interact with us by asking questions or just laugh at me mispronouncing names download the spotify green room on your iphone or android device then follow saints happy hour so you can join us every wednesday night at 9 p.m to talk saints or anything else nola sports related so do it download Download the Spotify Green Room app and join us every Wednesday night at 9 o'clock. We'll see you there. This is Sean Payton, head coach of the New Orleans Saints. What's with this Saints happy cast? This has to be the worst Saints podcast in the world. Ralph can't say anyone's name right. Andrew doesn't know football. Everyone has a hard time listening to Dave. And is Kevin even there tonight? The audio with this podcast, my God, the audio, it's its painful. All right, everybody, welcome to another edition of Saints Happy Hour podcast. If it's Wednesday night, that means we are on the Spotify green room live like we do every Wednesday during the football season at 9 o'clock. If you're not joining us live and you're listening to this podcast later, download the Spotify green room app. Join us every Wednesday. We're talking Saints. We got next week, and we may or may not be signing a big deal with Spotify for 2022. Our our ad guy, Andrew's got that in the works. We'll see how it goes, but download the Spotify Green Room app so you can join us live because the Saints are going to be making news all during the offseason, and Spotify is where we're maybe go to break the news when they trade for Russell Wilson or do exciting stuff like that. So anyway, uh, Andrew, it's Wednesday. Uh, I'm going to steal a little Bill Belichick line. It's on to Carolina. I don't really want to talk about Miami because there's nothing to, there's nothing, I mean, it was a farce. Even Mickey Loomis on his show this week was like, dude, the NFL told us, they're like, we're not postponing the game. Eat a bag of, you know what you're playing. And the saints are just like, all right. You know, so I, I don't know if you want to, if you want to say any last things about the Dolphins, you can, but I'm ready to, I'm ready. No, to I'm, I'm actually more interested in talking about the Mickey Loomis interview. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, I, I'm done talking about the Dolphins game and really 
based on what it was like, it, it doesn't deserve any more discussion. You know, it's, it's, we got to move on because it, it, I can't even take it seriously, but it was interesting to hear Mickey Loomis talk about it and just kind of the whole week and how stressful it was. And you know, Sean Payton had a comment that said that, you know, after a while, he's getting numb to it. And, you know, it was interesting just to hear Mickey Loomis say, yeah, you know, you look at the depth chart and you've got a plan for each guy and you got seven guys out and you're like, the backups, the practice squad guys start getting hit. And uh, it's just interesting <laughs> to hear. So I, I didn't appreciate this. I didn't know this, but, and I recommend everyone go listen because he, he gave some tidbits, but the saints signed three guys. I guess if you count Bortles, it was four. They had four guys that were coming in to, you know, Bortles ended up not playing, but they, they signed two guys that ended up playing, I think mostly on special teams, but there was a third guy they were going to sign and they they ended up not signing him because he tested positive for COVID. <laughs> so if, that, if that's not a sign of the times, you fly a guy in to fill in for your COVID guys, and he has COVID. Like that's just like that's it in a nutshell. That's right. I mean, they 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 didn't. They literally they had no one. They had no one inactive. The only the only one was inactive was Armstead, and he was hurt. Yeah. You know. Yeah, and uh, it was interesting to hear Mickey Loomis say, you know, hey, the NFL told us early in the week that we were going to play this game no matter what. And so he said, you know, we may not agree with the decision, but we have to live with it. So, like, reading between the lines, it was pretty clear that he was unhappy. It sounded like Mickey Loomis would have preferred uh, that to be moved. Yeah. And, and he, he said straight up it wasn't fair to the coaches, it wasn't fair to the players, and most importantly, it, most importantly, it wasn't fair to the fans. And yeah. to hear that come out of his mouth, it's like, whoa, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't. Easy. It wasn't. I mean, that, that's his – that's it. like, he, he was matter-of-fact about it. You know, Mickey Loomis always is, and he's kind of measured in, in what he says, but, but you could tell he was pissed. I mean, here's the thing. My, my mom, I talked to her, and, and she doesn't go to – she doesn't go to the night games anymore because she's getting older, and it's just harder. And, you know, she – she the SeatGeek, we, we, me and her have the tickets. She told me to sell the tickets, and I did. I sold them on, on SeatGeek, and I got face value for them. She told me on – she told me on Tuesday afternoon when I was talking to her, she fought out. She's like, I feel bad for people that bought tickets to that game. She's like, that wasn't a yeah. – that was a preseason game. And you pay – people pay a lot of money for those tickets. And, and you know, it's a, it's a, it, you know, it's a privilege and, and people that are lucky enough to have the money. But I bet you there were a lot of people in that dome, Andrew, that, like, bought it as a Christmas gift. For like their kid, and maybe it was like a yeah. big, it was a big expense for them, and they were like, "Hey, this is our, this is your Christmas gift, kid. We're gonna go, we're gonna go to the Dolphins game, and maybe you bought it a couple, you know, two, three weeks ago." I think with and, the, yeah, like you, like you're saying, I think for a lot of Saints fans, this is the one game a year they go to. Yeah, and it's like it's like you 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 you, you bought that ticket. Maybe and you're like, hey, my kid, he's nine, and he's like really pumped about the Saints, and 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 I don't make that much money, but but I'm gonna I'm gonna splurge, and I'm gonna get him tickets, and we're gonna go to the Dolphins game on Monday night, and I'm gonna get it for Christmas, and it's just like a freaking preseason game, and you, and you outlay a hundred bucks each for the tickets, you got to park, and, and it's just like I just all right, let's NFL move on. Care, I, can't talk, I can't it's, talk. I can't talk about this anymore. I hate this game. Let's move on. <laughs> so so anyway, on to Carolina. On to Carolina, and, and you are very bullish about the Saints winning. I'm much more concerned. I picked 
the Carolina in my column and in the podcast. I didn't double dip and go one way on the podcast and another way in my WWL column. I picked the same score. Um, you are very bullish about the Saints winning this game. What is your main, when you look at this and you look at Carolina, what's the main reason why you think the Saints are going to win this game? And you're very confident. My only my only concern, I guess, is that they're going back to Sam Darnold. And so obviously he's going to want to do well because he got benched. And so I, I, this is an important game for his career. Um, but I just look at, like, remember, the Panthers started 3-0. and They're 2-10 mm-hmm. and since then. So that, that over the last 12 games, this is a 2-10 and football team. Um, you know, with Christian McCaffrey, if you look at their record the last few years with Christian McCaffrey versus without, like it, mm-hmm. it kind of says it all. This team yeah. really cannot win without Christian McCaffrey. He, he is their whole team. And, yes, they have played well defensively this year, but offensively they can't protect the football. They, they turn it over nonstop. They can't put up yards. They can't put up points. And so, you know, in some ways they mirror the Saints. I would say they're actually un- uncomfortably similar to the Saints in some ways. But yeah. I-, I just look at their most recent – they lost to the Bucks 32-6 to most recently. And Sam Darnold – I mean, Cam started that game, but Sam Darnold played a lot of it. And I thought Darnold looked inaccurate and took four sacks as terrible as ever. That offensive line is a joke. Um, they, they looked lost offensively. And then since so, you know, it's not, and, and to me, they're one of those teams. So we always talk about this time of year. You see teams that are ready to mail it in. They're just ready to yeah. pack it in. They're done with the season. And you're going to see kind of a, a minimum effort. They're professionals. They'll play, but it's like, are you really fully committed to stopping the run and, and filling that box and, and getting run over by Taysom Hill? Like for four quarters, are you prepared to yeah. do that? And I, this is the kind of team that isn't when COVID doesn't exist. So then add COVID on top of that, and I just think that's. I don't think the Saints are going to get much of an effort from Carolina, and I think this game means a lot to the Saints. I think the Saints are going to play really hard and try to win this game because they're they're still fighting for the playoffs. So I I would be stunned if the Saints lost this game. I really would. I, mean, I, did, I would be stunned. I didn't I didn't realize that. I mean, I knew Carolina. I knew they like you said they've been 10 2 and 10. I did not realize that since week 3, they're 28th in points per game, 17. They're 30th in yards per game, 285. Uh, they're last in passing yards at 174. I mean, last. You're talking last. Yeah, as bad as all, the, all of our listeners, as bad as you think the Saints are, they're better than the Panthers in all of those categories. Yeah, and they're 31st in touchdown passes and first in interceptions thrown at 18. And their yeah. defense is second in yards, but they're 23rd in turnovers created. So, like, their defense – is good with yards, but like that could that could be a thing where Ditka. I want to say Ditka's first year, the Saints' offense was like, and this is a long time ago for your old Saints fans. The Saints were like, I want to say like either third or fourth in in yards, fewest yards allowed. The reason was their offense was so horrible 
the defense started on short fields. So like a team would only have to drive 35 yards to get a touchdown, 40 yards. And so you'd look at the Saints defense, you'd be like, oh, it was pretty good. They were fourth in yards. No, they really weren't because their quarterbacks were so atrocious. And they're still giving up points. Yeah, They're still giving up points and they're throwing picks and they're they're dealing with Shards Field. So yards is not really a good measuring stick. well, the the other thing I was going to add is that the Panthers are dealing with COVID stuff of their own. Uh, Brian Burns, uh, mm-hmm. their best defensive lineman, I think he's got nine, nine and a half sacks on the year. He currently tests positive, tested positive for COVID. He has a chance to come back because he got hit on Monday, uh, but that's significant. Shaq Thompson, one of their better linebackers, he tested positive for COVID, so we're waiting on uh, if he can come back. He also has a chance to come so back. So you have to quarantine for five early. days, but you still have right. to test negative, right? You, you And you have to be asymptomatic. So, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, a lot of people get COVID and still have symptoms. So, yeah. you know, he, he's got to have no fever, he, he no cough, you know, all, all those things. Like if he has those things and he can't play. Um, Gilmore, Stefan Gilmore, their corner, he was hurt in the last game, mm-hmm. left, didn't return. He was a DNP at practice today, so you know that that's another hit to their defense. And then today, Hassan Riddick tested positive for COVID, and uh, he he's probably their best defender. He has eleven and a half sacks on the year. So same as Marcus yeah, Williams, because today same, yeah, zero. I mean, unless the the only way they could play is if they produce two negative tests, which is highly unlikely at this point. Yeah. So um, yeah, I think Hassan Riddick and Marcus Williams, as well as any positive COVID tests from this point on, you can assume those guys are going to be out on, on Sunday. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, that, that's a blow for the saints. I mean, luckily they did get 13 players back over the last two days, including both quarterbacks. Thank goodness. But yeah, I mean, Carolina's got problems of their own. And and when you talk about their defense being the one thing that's pretty good, like that's, that's their good players on defense are the ones that have been hit with COVID. So I think that makes things even worse for Carolina. Yeah, and the thing is, too, is when you – to me, is when you – in a normal season, Carolina wouldn't have anything to play for. But when you have COVID hit you, and the Saints are dealing with it, too, but the Saints, in those meetings and when Sean Payton talks to you, he can say, guys, we're still 7-8. and We've got to keep fighting. We can win. We can scoreboard watch with San Francisco. They might not have Jimmy Garoppolo. San Francisco – they probably won't lose to the Texans, but hell, you never know. Because they beat the Chargers last Sunday, right? The San Francisco, if they some kind of way lose to the Texans and the Saints win, Saints don't need any more help. You go to Atlanta and you win and you're in the playoffs. Mm, that's so I, not true. They need they need the Eagles or Vikings to lose. And well, I'm assuming the Vikings are going to lose to Green Bay. I'm just going to assume that. I mean, that may be bad assumption on my part, but. We'll they are getting Dalvin Cook back, who was on the COVID yeah. list, uh, but they are losing Adam Thielen, who's not I mean, for the year. Yeah, and and Kirk Cousins, he's been awful the last two weeks, even though they beat the Bears. Uh, like like uh, Chicago, they didn't have any. They they got wrecked on that Monday night in the secondary, and the Minnesota couldn't even throw for a hundred yards. Like something's weird with with Cousins. But anyway, we got some people. And by the way, people, if you they got a bunch of people uh, joining us tonight, pipe up. Uh, ask to speak, talk to us, tell us what you think about Carolina, the playoff possibilities and everything. We got my man, Joey. Uh, Joey, what's going on tonight? Hey, guys. How y'all doing? It's good. Oh, it's good. Hey, Andrew, I heard what y'all were talking about just now with the playoff scenario. And actually, 
the way it works is if San Francisco loses to the Rams and the Saints finish at nine and eight with this uh, with the 49ers, the Eagles, and the Saints, the Saints get in no matter what because the Eagles will get the sixth seed. The the 49ers and the Saints didn't play each other, so it would go to division record, and the 49ers would have four losses in the division. The Saints would have two, so the Saints would climb in over the 49ers. So if they lose to the Rams and we finish nine and eight, we're in no matter what in the playoffs, no matter what anybody else does. The Vikings have to lose a game. Yeah, but the Vikings still got to play Green Bay again, and they're fighting for the number one seed. And actually, I think that if it was between – I read that if it was between us, Minnesota, and um, the Eagles, or us, Minnesota, and the 49ers, we'd still get in. But I'm not sure how it would work with yeah. us, the Eagles, and the 49ers. But, yeah. I, I mean, yeah. I, I just wanted to talk about the Carolina game. And I agree with everything y'all were saying. They have nothing to play for. And, you know, they're riddled with COVID as we've been. But I just want to know – I mean, we haven't heard any reports. I want to know what's up with Ryan Ramchek. I mean, I know he's missed – this will probably be a sixth straight game. And, you know, if we make the playoffs and we have him and Armstead, maybe we can make a little noise, win a playoff game maybe. But – I mean, I just don't know what's up with him. It's weird. It's weird. It's, like, why, it's is weird. Like, why is he not IR? Hey, uh, Jerry, hey, uh, can you, Jerry, can you mute yourself? Yeah, sure. Thanks. I think, Joey, you've got uh, – I think he's got um, uh, us playing in the background or something because we're That's hearing right. a big echo when, when we talk. But uh, anyway, um, yeah, I don't know what's up with Ramchek, Joey. No one does. Uh, obviously, he would have been put on IR if – yeah, if the Saints had known all along it was going to take this long, he would have been on IR, right? Because IR is only three weeks. So it's clear that whatever it was, they didn't think it was as bad as it ended up being. And he even practiced at one point, practiced for a day, then went back on DNP, which to me clearly signals setback. And they've been hoping it would get better. And it just he, he's had inflammation and it's just not really it's not really improving. And so I think. Unfortunately, probably with both Armstead and Ramchek, they're at a point where you probably go in and you get a cleanup, you get a procedure done. Uh, the problem with that is if you go under the knife, you're done for the year. Um, and so I think where both of the tackles are at is like they have a chronic knee issue that needs a, probably needs a, a, at least a minor surgery and a cleanup, if not something more s- substantial. And they're just waiting to see if rehab can at least get it to a place where they can play uh, because, you know, they're at the end of the year and they, they want to be part of this playoff run. So I, I think if this was like week two, they probably would go ahead and get the procedure done, right? Can they come back eight weeks later or whatever? Uh, so mm-hmm. I, unfortunately, I think that's where we're at with both players. And it may be that the knee doesn't respond to treatment. And so it may be that we don't see them again, either of them, for the rest of the year now. Armstead, I feel like he's been up, he's been down. I feel like even the weeks he hasn't practiced, he's been listed as questionable. So I think, you know, we're, we're at least seeing signs with him that he, he rebounds, he plays a game. It seems like when he plays a game, then he's out the next week, sometimes two weeks, you know, because that, that irritates it or whatever. So, But at least he's kind of fighting through it a little bit. You're right. With Ramchick, he's basically been completely shut down for six weeks now. So uh, it doesn't seem like it's getting any better. And I, I'm I, honestly, I'm kind of pessimistic about Ramchick at this point. I we're not. I don't. I, I don't think we're seeing. Uh, I don't think we're seeing uh, Ramchick anymore. Joey, final thing for him to get out stay of here. on the active roster though. Like if 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 he can figure out a way to play with it this week, next week, 
in two weeks if by some miracle the Saints make the playoffs, then you want him back. So yeah. I, I think it's fine to kind of park him and just see how he responds to treatment. Yeah. Um, Joey, before you get out of here, give, do you agree with Andrew that the Saints are going to beat Carolina? Oh yeah, a hundred percent. And sorry about the echo. I'm in my car, but um, uh, yeah, a hundred percent. I think uh, I think that Carolina is going to have a hard time scoring. I mean, if our defense, I know we're going to be missing Marcus Williams, but if they play anything close to how they played the last two weeks defensively, especially with the pass rush, I think we should beat them like twenty-four to three or twenty to three, something like that. So <laughs> that was my prediction. <laughs> that was my prediction. Twenty-four to three. Yeah. yeah. All right. Thanks, yeah, Joey. Like All right. Thanks, Joey. Um. So. It's, it's going to be interesting because Carolina, I wonder, like Matt Rule, he's on shaky, shaky footing, you know. And if they if they end the year getting hammered by Tampa, getting hammered by the Saints, you know, uh, and then I don't know who they finish up with. But, you know, that that's that could be a, a case where, like, he was he was secure. And then the owner's like, nah, man, we're firing you because, I mean. You say, well, he, the owner can't eat five years of like a seventy million dollar contract or whatever he got. But the dude that owns the Panthers is worth like five billion. So like, yeah, yeah, of course. These owners, they can all afford to eat these contracts. It's just, it's just whether they want to or not. They, they absolutely can afford it. Um, with Matt Rule, it, the thing I find really interesting is, you know, he hires Joe Brady. Mm-hmm. He Joe Brady goes and gets his guy Teddy Bridgewater. They eject on Bridgewater after a year, and they, they flip him for Sam Darnold. They go with Sam Darnold instead. Yeah. Brid- Bridgewater ha- has done a decent job in Denver this year. Uh, you know, he's, he's Denver right. is probably not going to make the playoffs, but he's been okay. Uh, Sam Darnold got benched. Brady got fired. That, then That's they right. went to Cam Newton. You know, I think that was probably more of a ownership ploy just to sell tickets and stuff and I mean, that was a, yeah. a complete disaster but now like you've given a big deal to Bridgewater that's failed you've then fired Joe Brady which as, as far as I know it was a Matt Rule decision it then was. You've and gone, by the way with, with they Darnold, gave up, Darnold has been a colossal failure so like they've given up it, they, they gave up two number two picks to get Darnold yeah, it's That's not like they're it's not like they're trending towards they're really building something here. I mean, I, no. I guess you could make the argument that defensively they had a draft where they picked all defensive players and they've gotten a lot better this year defensively. And so I think Matt Rule could say, hey, this is we fixed that side of the ball. Now we just need to fix offense and then we're good to go. But the problem now is, can you count on Christian McCaffrey? Yeah. Right. Like, cause, cause they're paying him all this money and they've paid all this money to Bridgewater and they paid all this money to, to Darnold. And it's just like, it's not really happening. So like a lot of the decisions that Matt rule has, has made have already blown up in their face. And so well, and here's the he's thing already too. clearly a guy that doesn't have a magic touch. Well, and, and my thing too is this year was a great quarterback draft and they picked eighth. And they committed to Darnold before the draft. And I know, like, to me, J.C. Horn, he better be freaking Deion Sanders. And he, I know he's hurt. But, like, you passed up on Mac Jones and you passed up on Fields. And if either of those guys, Andrew, are a top 15 quarterback, 
it doesn't it almost doesn't matter how good JC Horn is. It's a mistake. And yeah. I don't know like I don't think I they will be, but um they wanted to trade for Deshaun Watson, uh, and he and and he, they were gonna do it, but he he blocked it. He didn't want to go there. So um, we'll see if they if they continue to chase him, if they try to get into Russell Wilson sweepstakes. I know they're not on his list, but but all that. But we'll see how it goes. We got a couple more people that want to join us. Matt, he's joining us, aka Budrich. Uh, Matt, what's going on tonight? Uh not much, not much. Uh, Still trying to get the stink of the uh, Saints game because I actually think it's that Monday night game. That was, in fact, Christmas present my parents got me. But only thing was worse than the game was the day. What's the day after? The day after was way worse. What's that? Uh, I I had to go to work the other the next day, so I had like a two hour drive. I had my keys locked out, and it, oh it was God. just bad day after bad day. It was just bad moment after bad moment. It, it was just, it was hectic. But today was much better. And, 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 you, had the way, and you had the weight of going to that Saints game hanging over your head on top of it all, right? Not really. I mean, I, I met some people I went to high school with. They also were at the game, so I had a good chat with them. So it, the Saints game wasn't all bad. The pregame was good, but during the game – I think I was just kind of peeved, mostly at Ruiz, because getting a good look at him, I just watched him just basically pass off his assignment nearly every other play. Like, if you look at the pressures he's allowed, it's just I'm going to pa- – I'll pass off my guy and let whoever's blocking him. Oh, wait, never mind. He's, he's got his own assignment. Shit. <laughs> I mean- That's it in a nutshell. I- I'm curious – what was the energy like, Matt, inside the stadium after that pick six? Like, did you feel like air was kind of let out of the balloon and it was kind of never reinflated after that? The air got reinflated, was deflated a bit, but then it got reinflated when Davenport hit Tua, and then uh, once Book got a drive going, got a field goal, it started getting better when Cam Jordan sacked Tua. The- the push out of field goal range, it got better. But once they scored the touch, and once Jalen Wall scored a touchdown, that was it. Everyone was like, "Nope, we're leaving. It's done." <laughs> That's when it like finally yeah. died. Yeah. But otherwise, people were still in the game. There were still we we sat next to a few Dolphins fans, and we were still talking crap to them and all that. But once Wall scored a touchdown, that was it. People right. were heading to the stands. You know, and the thing is too is. You, I think the fans went to the game sort of in the mindset. And I think, Andrew, you mentioned in the podcast yesterday, like they, they sort of knew, hey, we can't turn the ball over. This is going to be ugly. And the fans were ready to, like, rally behind the defense because they just saw him kick the crap out of Tom Brady, right? And I think they were ready to do it. They got the three, and they were like, yeah, we got the three and out. We're going to punt it. And, and, and that's just like, nope, nope, it's not possible. We, we're, not, we're not scoring any points tonight. It just deflated them. But, you know, this Carolina offensive line is horrible. They're giving up 43 sacks. Like, they did things in free agency. Like, they signed the the, the tackle from the the Vikings, Pat Eflin, and they signed Cam Irwin. Like, they did things on their offensive line where they're like, we think we fixed their offensive line. And it's like, you just signed a bunch of backups. Like, what are you doing? Their offensive line is 
horrible. And the Saints sort of figured out their offense in that first game, Andrew. But the Saints in that first game, they didn't have Davenport. And clearly, he is the magic potion for the pass rush. I oh, expect- it really is. I, I, Andrew, I'll be very disappointed if this Saints defensive line doesn't eat Carolina alive. Like they should, Bro. they should crush Carolina. Well, yeah, look, I, I don't think you can draw many conclusions from that first game. Again, if you remember, I, I think there yeah. was a couple things. The Saints were still going through that hurricane stuff with Ida. Uh, they were displaced. They were coming off the high. There, there's, I think, a natural letdown. When there's so much buildup to that game against the Packers and you crush uh, Aaron Rodgers, and, and then you're high off the fumes of, of the media and everyone talking you up, right? And so I think maybe there was a little bit of drinking the Kool-Aid, uh, and and then on top of that, the coaching staff gets ravaged. They can't. They come into the game unprepared. Carolina's at home. They're one and zero. They're fired up. You know, they want to take it to the Saints, and I, I think it was just a. a the culmination of all those circumstances led to it being what happened in that game. And, and now you go to the Carolina coming into New Orleans and just like the flip, the script, the, the, the script is flipped now where Carolina is dealing with COVID. They're trending in the wrong direction. They're not high on the fumes of anything. They're, they're ready to go home. They're ready to be done with this COVID season. They, they know they're not making the playoffs. So like, their, their coach might be fired. I don't know how much they're listening to Matt Rule at this point. So, like, they, they've already fired their offensive coordinator. So there is a lot of turmoil inside that building, and, like, things just could not be any more different. It, it's all, it really is two completely different teams at this stage. I know they played this year yeah. in week two, so that was what, – what are we, week six, 17? So, like, that was 15 mm-hmm. weeks mm-hmm. ago. But, like, it might as well be a year ago. Because the quarterbacks are different. The quarterback's different for the Saints. I mean, there's so much has changed. Well, hopefully, too, one thing about this game, and I got to remember that he changed his name. So I I feel like I need to start Deontay Harris. I need to start calling him Deontay Hardy because he changed his name in in honor of his stepfather. But he, his suspension is over. But if he can get off the COVID list, I feel like he can be a big jolt, Matt, to the Saints offense. Because like Andrew was talking about, the, the the Panthers, they have issues at corner, and the Saints, I'm not saying Deontay Harris is going to set the world on fire, but, like, he's the Saints' best receiver. And if he can give the Saints five for 50, that's huge. Uh, so that's one thing that I, I think we have – we people are kind of – with all the chaos swirling around the Saints and who's coming back and who's that, he's kind of, like, under the radar, and I think he could be sneaky big for uh, for mm-hmm. Sunday. Oh, yeah. Uh, Harris has been, you know, a real gem as a receiver. I, I think, you know, if he co- if he's able to come back, you know, back from the COVID list and if he gets that super COVID uh, that Cam Jordan has, because I, I think <laughs> he'll be <laughs> he'll he'll be, you know, a, a big game changer for, for that passing offense. I, Kenny says I really Carolina's so. backing up the U-Hauls. I agree, Kenny. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I, I look forward to Deontay it, coming back. from coming back. Can, Andrew, is it the Saints haven't scored, like, a first-quarter touchdown in, like, it's like eight weeks. It might even be since the first Tampa game. Like, if there was ever a week where a, a fast start could just bury a team, it would be this week. And I, I, Andrew, 
just give me just give me like ten to nothing. That's I think that's all you need, and and Carolina will roll over and, and be dead. Yeah. Like, oh, you know. Yeah. Like oh, there's one thing when I look back at that Ian Book pick six, I before it happened, I said if I'm Ian Book, I'm changing the play and having someone go deep because they had everyone at the line of scrimmage. Right. I mean, right. everyone. I'm like. I don't care who it is, just someone run a go route. I'll chuck, I'll chuck it deep and pray for the best. But he the stared at the pass rush. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, like when I tell everyone to you, I'm like, oh, you better attack, attack it deep. Everyone's coming at you, just, just chuck, just throw it in the middle of the field. Have someone run and go catch it. It, you'll either, it'll either be incomplete or someone's going to make a big catch and it will just be. Or it's a worst electric. case, it's an on punt. Right, you just yeah, throw not, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So Matt, thanks as all, thanks as always for joining us, Andrew. We're gonna get out of here in a couple minutes. I, I want you to tell me a couple of key things in the Carolina game early that you'll be looking for that aren't obvious, that aren't like oh the Saints are kicking their ass and running the ball or whatever. What are some key things you'll be looking for early that'll be signs? Good signs for the Saints or bad signs that that won't necessarily be obvious. Well, I, I think Taysom Hill has al- always had a problem with um, targeting case, uh, targeting Alvin Kamara and, and being accurate. You know, just putting the ball in a space where he can catch it and then run. And Kamara to me looked really checked out. But like, if, if these linebackers, Hassan Riddick and Shaq Thompson, if those guys are going to be out. Now you're starting to deal with outside linebackers that are backups and wholly unequipped to be in coverage with Kamara out of the backfield. And so not only do I think Taysom needs to go there, it's kind of like a, a, a dual thing. Number one, like the placement has to be there where Kamara can actually catch it in the right spot and then his momentum can continue forward. So it's like a ball placement thing with, with Taysom and Obviously, with this splint on his finger, that's still a question mark for me. How, how accurate is he throwing the football? And then with Kamara, like, I just want to see mental intent, mental commitment uh, being locked in because he was out to lunch. And, you know, we talk about the business decisions, and I, I really thought the Dolphins had permanent residence in his head in that game. Yep. He was just me- mentally out of it. And he's had games like that over the years. I would say in the – how many years has he been with the Saints now? Four years? I would say in in his four, this is year five. Wow. Okay. So in five seasons with the saints, yeah, I would say that twice a year Kamara has those games where you're just like, yeah, his head, I don't know where his head is, but it's, it's not in this game twice a year. I feel like he has those games. Um, So yeah, I just hope that he bounces back from that and he can have a big game because I just don't think this offense really has much other than him. And, and Taysom, he, he can maybe make a play or two with his feed, and you know, he, he he can do a little bit. But to me, this offense scores points if, like, Kamara can get going on the ground and he can catch some passes and he can influence the game just with his ability. And, and then it kind of creates some stuff for everyone else. Uh, I would also love to see Callaway kind of build off the momentum of his last two games because I, I actually think Callaway has been the one bright light the last two weeks from an offense that's otherwise been absolutely pathetic, pretty much across the board. Callaway is like the, the one dude. Callaway has been the one dude yeah. uh, that's been co- the common denominator in like the bright light of that unit. 
And so I'd love to see him continue. Like if they could get Deontay Harris, obviously that's huge. On the defensive side of the ball, I, I'm not going to lie. I'm feeling pretty good. DeMario is back. Quan Alexander is back. Malcolm Jenkins is back. So they got all their guys back. No one's injured. Um, you know, I think Davenport was listed as limited, but, I, you know, I, I didn't see him leave the game. So I, I think he'll be okay to play. And I think they have their full arsenal. I think they have all their weapons. And so no excuses. Like you're playing yeah. great football. You're playing at a really high level. You got to take it to an offense that has been absolutely putrid and pathetic. They're bad up front. They can't run the ball. You know, they have a, a set of receivers that are pretty good and Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore, but you got to shut that down. You got to force turnovers with Sam Darnold because you cannot let this offense do what it did to you in week two because yeah. you're, you're way better than that. Yeah. And just Carolina wants to quit. So make them do it. Have a good first drive. Maybe Carolina defers, you get the ball, go down, have a great first quarter drive for the first time in two months, get a three and out, have another drive, get up 10 to nothing, and I guarantee you, Carolina will be like, ugh. And then once you get up 10 nothing, you it can be the Kamara and Ingram show, and you can just park the bus and just be like, we're going to grind it out. Hey, Carolina, do you want to tackle us? Like you said at the beginning of this podcast, do you want to tackle us all freaking day? No, you don't. And I think you, even if it's ugly, Andrew, and it ends up being like 17 to three or 20 to six, whatever, just get it's in there. Get out. You're making. It's a great point you're making because if you're up six to three or even down six to three, and it becomes one of those games where you can't really score. They can't either. Then like Sam Darnold starts to believe, like then Carolina starts to believe, Hey, we could actually win this. And mm-hmm. and so then they, by the third quarter, you know, they, they start to engage in the game a little bit more because they're like, yeah, well, might as well pick up a win. And then you're exposed to one 50 yard pass from Sam Darnold to Robbie Anderson, which they can hit. We know they can yeah. hit that. And, and if, and if they do that, where it's all of a sudden it's Darnold hits Robbie Anderson on a 50 yard bomb and the Saints have been susceptible to that, like, yeah. then, then all of a sudden, boom, you're down 13-3, and, like, it feels like an unsurmountable lead. So yeah. or, your point's a good one where if it's 10-3, and the Saints, or if it's 10 nothing and the Saints have the ball, and all of a sudden you're running the ball effectively with Kamara, like, then it starts to feel like you're squeezing the life out of them. Yeah, and he, even if you're squeezing the life out of them and you're up, like, 17 to nothing in the middle of the third quarter, or it's like, you know, it's like 20 to three beginning of the fourth quarter. They hit the bomb to Robbie Anderson. You're like, oh, okay, they got to play. Still 20 to 10. We got the ball. We got a 10 point lead. Like it, do- it doesn't, it doesn't feel as, as critical, but that's the thing. Like yeah. Carolina, the Saints just need to put the, put the boot to the throat and like win this game as ugly as it can be and get us to week 18 against the Falcons with a playoff berth possibly on the line. That could be the most fun Saints season finale we've had in a while. So, guys, thanks I for just, joining I us. I wish Cam Jordan I, – I just wish Cam Newton was playing. I really do, just for, for a bunch of reasons. <laughs> I also think he's – One sucks. more time. One yeah. more time to stick it to Cam Newton would be just fantastic. But, but I will say, if you ask me the thing that scares me the most, and I just mentioned the deep ball, no Marcus Williams. Like, the deep ball oh, yeah. scares me a little bit in this matchup because no Marcus Williams is, is big. And so now you got maybe P.J. Williams back there. And, you know, we've seen him get beat by the double move, even though mm-hmm. P.J. had a great year this year. And 
I, I just worry about that because if Cam Newton was playing, I really wouldn't sweat it. Like, I, he can't throw accurately, and his arm strength mm-hmm. isn't what it used to be. So, like, I would almost be like, look, if we got to get in a phone booth and tackle Cam Newton, I know the Saints can be physical, and they, and they can play Cam Newton hard, and they can hit him, and you dare him to throw the football. And, like, I, I would feel pretty good about that. Sam Darnold, like, he, he can chuck it. We know he's got arm strength, and so – that's yeah. the one thing without Marcus Williams. I think if you're fearful this week, it's like because they have the ability to hit a big play that the Saints really don't. Yeah, and, and Sam Darnold, he's weirdly he's like kind of good outside of the pocket, like because he's big and he's strong and he can and he can make throws and he can throw from weird arm angles. So he's he's weirdly good when he's break when he breaks contain. So no Marcus Williams is a, is a big thing, but we'll see. Andrew's very confident. So when Andrew gets very confident, even though my dread. Uh, when Andrew is very confident, I feel good about it. So, guys, thanks again for joining us. If you are not an annual patron or you don't support the show at all, support the show. Sign up, become a patron, try us out for $10 a month, or become an annual patron and get the Saint Season Survival Mug in the Booze Bundle. Get it all. Support the show. We're amazing. We will see you if the Saints have any breaking news before Sunday's game. Or if they don't, we will see you Sunday night with the Instant Reaction Podcast. Everybody, have a great weekend. Have a great Happy New Year. And we will see you Sunday night. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it and travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel, it's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. 
I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate.